Hello there and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined on the show today by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we talk about the 2018 African Nations Championship. While Morocco are doing a good job as hosts, they're also in the running to stage the 2026 World Cup. We've been talking to a Moroccan journalist who feels that winning the World Cup bid is out of the question. Uh, I, I do a uh, World Cup in Brazil uh, 2014 in the Confederation Cup in Russia. Uh, we have no chance. Also, we go back to the recent CAF Awards and speak to the winner of the African Young Player of the Year Award for 2017. That's Patson Daka of Zambia. Daka feels that the Zambia national team is growing into a major force. So far, so good. We are going in the right direction. We'll achieve greater things soon enough. Zambia will be known as a great footballing nation. Plus a look at the English Premier League title race. In particular, we focus on the problems at Arsenal. But first, the 2018 African Nations Championship, the CHAN in Morocco. This is the fifth edition of the Continental Tournament, which is like the Africa Cup of Nations, but for home base players only. Teams to have impressed early on include the hosts, Morocco, along with Zambia and Libya. As usual for the tournament, there are small crowds at most of the games. This made worse by the fact that the matches are being played in huge stadiums. Also, I felt that the opening ceremony was rather poor, thought that Morocco would have done better. But otherwise, the stadiums look good and it does seem to be very well organised. Well, Planet Sport Football Africa's Mamadou Ba is in Morocco for the tournament. He's been speaking to a Moroccan journalist, Youssef Chaffee. Now, Morocco came in at short notice as hosts after the tournament was taken away from Kenya and with an inspection on in Cameroon to assess whether Cameroon is able to host the 2019 Africa Cup of Nations, Morocco have said already they can take over if needed. And on a very ambitious note, Morocco is bidding to host the 2026 FIFA World Cup. The only other bid is a joint one from the USA, Canada and Mexico, a very strong-looking combined bid. Well, Mamadou first asked Moroccan journalist Youssef Chaffee if it's good for his country to be hosting the CHAN. Yeah, I can say that uh, it's a good thing for uh, for my country. It's uh, a big challenge for, uh, for us because uh, we have to given uh, a good uh, image for uh, for our country because we are uh, expecting to be uh, between the candidate for uh, a world cup uh, 2020 yeah and i can say that uh, it's a good uh, challenge for us yeah. it came at a short notice not you don't have so much time um, to host this tournament yeah but i think that uh, morocco uh, we have big uh, stadiums like uh, like uh, this uh, stadium of Casablanca, we have a, a very, very good stadium in uh, Agadir and Marrakesh and Tangier and, and, uh, and uh, uh, other stadiums like uh, stadiums of uh, Rabat uh, and Fez. We, we know that Morocco is also on standby if Cameroon fails in its um, you know, quest to, to, to host the 2019 AFCON. Looking at the facilities here, would you agree with the notion that many have in the continent that Morocco can do the same as you did with this chan 
you know, to pop up and then rescue uh, the um, calf in hosting the 2019 Nations Cup if Cameroon fails, um, you know, to meet the deadline. We can uh, we can check this uh, this edition of Shan like a simple test for uh, for us for uh, giving a big chance to uh, to Morocco to host uh, can of uh, 2019. And finally, any chance of Morocco winning the bid for the 2026 World Cup? Do you have? Uh, I I confident that um, you know, we know the likes of Canada and they have a joint bid. To be honest. Uh, I I do a uh, World Cup in Brazil uh, 20, uh, 2014 in the Confederation Cup in Russia. Uh, we have no chance because we have uh, we have uh, very 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 big opponents uh, like uh, USA, uh, yeah USA, Canada and uh, Mexico. As as you know, uh, we have uh, in in uh, in World Cup 2026 we we will host uh, 40 48 country 48 team, but uh, that will be difficult for us because we don't have uh, we don't have uh, a big infrastructure in a lot a lot of cities. But uh, I don't know I don't know. But uh, in my opinion in my opinion we are uh, we aren't uh, we aren't ready to, to host uh, this uh, competition. That's Moroccan journalist Youssef Chaffee speaking to Planet Sport Football Africa's Mamadou Ba. So some frank opinions there. Uh, Chaffee feels Morocco definitely can host the Africa Cup of Nations next year if Cameroon are not allowed to host, but he feels the 2026 World Cup bid is too ambitious. Uh, so you would wonder why Morocco are staying in the race for the 2026 World Cup. It does look to be a very long shot indeed. Well, on social media here on Planet Sport Football Africa, we've been asking who you think will win the 2018 African Nations Championship. It is difficult to predict, as it is for home-based players only. On Facebook first, and Abli Osise in the Gambia says it's difficult, but I'm going for the host Morocco, but I'm not ruling out Nigeria. Abdu Dem Chelsea, also in the Gambia, says it's always a surprise winner that takes it. But as far as home-based players are concerned in Africa, the North Africans have very strong leagues. And I'm going for Morocco to be the champions. Daniel Buckman in Ghana isn't so sure. He says tournaments of this nature are very difficult to predict in the early stages. Cote d'Ivoire have done little to convince me. I hope the attendance should be massive to boost the spirit of the tournament. And all in all, let's hope for the best. Thanks, Daniel. And, uh, well, the attendances in Morocco have been very poor so far, although there is still time for that to improve. Uh, It does seem as though this tournament doesn't really capture the interest of fans across the continent, certainly not in the way that the Africa Cup of Nations does. On WhatsApp, and Fali Bojang in the Gambia says, I think Zambia will win it because they've got good locally-based players that are always in their national team. Mwinga Maimbolwe in Zambia thinks the title race could be between his country and the hosts. He says Morocco and Zambia are the favourites and it will be interesting, but I'll have to go for Zambia, says Mwinga. To Malawi now and Blessings Nirenda also goes for Chipolo Polo, saying I think Zambia has the best squad. They deserve to be the champions, says Blessings. Balong Baji in the Gambia is firmly behind the host, saying, I think Morocco can win it. Uh, They're a team that's always able to be creative. They have pace and intensity, which always provides chances to finish off clinically. Uh, Thanks for that, uh, Balong. Uh, Certainly Morocco doing well so far. 
Alfred Mdimba in Malawi agrees, saying Morocco will carry the day. Uh, so too does Sana Jaune in the Gambia, uh, saying they're a very good side and they won't let their fans down, especially playing at home. But Basiru Sala in the Gambia says, I think it's going to West Africa. I go for the Super Eagles of Nigeria. And Jata Samba also in the Gambia agrees, saying it's going to be a very hard tournament because looking at all of these teams, they all have good players. But I'm going for Nigeria, says Jata, because right now in Africa they have the best talented young players. And definitely the Super Eagles will be the champions, says Jata. That's a view shared by Mohamed Krubali, also in the Gambia, saying this is their generation. But King Jatta in the Gambia goes for the elephants of Ivory Coast, saying I think they'll win it because of their previous experience in the tournament. Indeed, they finished third in the previous edition in Rwanda. Also cheering for the elephants is Lamine Bakari Sanyang in the Gambia. But we've had a wide range of nominations put forward this week. And Al-Fusaini Jaju in the Gambia gives his support to the Indomitable Lions, saying Cameroon will win it. And Abdu Boy, also in the Gambia, agrees. Well, Cameroon unlucky not to win their opening game against Congo Brazzaville, who took it with a second-half penalty to win 1-0, but Cameroon had numerous good scoring opportunities in the game. And finally, Sarane Mane in the Gambia says, I go for Niger. Uh, well, actually, uh, Sarane, they didn't qualify, so Niger won't be winning it. I think maybe you didn't do your homework there. And quite a few listeners said they're not interested in the Chan, which is, of course, much lower profile than the Africa Cup of Nations. Well, thanks very much for all of those comments. And this week on social media, we're turning to the English Premier League and asking, can anybody catch Manchester City? After their defeat to Liverpool, the lead has been cut to 12 points. Uh, but can anybody catch them at the top? And who would be their biggest challenger? Will it be Manchester United, Chelsea or Liverpool? We'll be talking about this later on with Stuart. You can send us your thoughts on Facebook. Our page is Planet Sport Football Africa. Or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Can anybody catch Manchester City in the English Premier League? And who will emerge as their biggest challenger? Well, this is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. And you can download our app and listen to the show anytime. To download, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. Then you can listen to the show anytime on the app and access past programmes too. Also, you can listen on our website, planetsportfootballafrica.com and our Twitter handle is at planetsportfa. Now, last week on the show, we talked about Mohamed Salah winning the 2017 African Footballer of the Year Award. This week, we're focusing on the African Young Player of the Year Award, which was won by Zambia's Patson Dakar. We'll hear from Dakar shortly. But first, Planet Sport Football Africa's Oluwashina Okaleji was at the awards ceremony in Ghana. He spoke to one of the nominees for the Young Player of the Year Award. That's Senegal star Crepin Djata. The 18-year-old midfielder has joined Belgian giants Club Bruges from Norway's Sarpsborg. Jatta was reportedly tracked by Manchester United after being named in the team of the tournament at last year's Under-20 Africa Cup of Nations in Zambia. Well, Oluwashina asked a Crepin Jatta how it felt to be on the shortlist for the African Young Player of the Year. 
I think is a is a dream for uh, me. Is uh, this opportunity? I think uh, many many players have uh, need to have this, but they don't have this. Uh, if I have this, I think um, I have to say thanks for God. Caprine, as a young player, you played in Norway. Now you're going to Belgium to a big club like Club Rouge. How does that make you feel? Yes, uh, it's a next step for me. I think uh, it's good for me because um, the last season I think uh, it was good. Now I changed club and uh, I'm very happy for, for this. And uh, I try to, to keep working and um, have some fun when I play football and it's okay. You are considered as one of the bright stars in African football. Does that put you under pressure going to a team like Club Rouge or playing football in Belgium? No, it's, it's not. It's not a pressure. I think uh, it's normally because I gonna I gonna take it for motivation, and um, it's very good for me. It's very good for. Me. I'm very happy to be in the to be to Belgium. Finally, Sadio Mane, your countryman, is here today, ranked among the top three in Africa. I bet you look forward to that in the future for your career as well. Yes, it's good uh, to to see Mane here because he is my preferred player. Now I, I have this chance to, to see him and five years from now, do you see yourself amongst the best here today? Like here today? Maybe, maybe, <laughs> <laughs> maybe. I wish you all the best, my brother, and bon chance in Belgium. Thank you. So that's a name to watch out for. Crepin Jatta of Senegal could well be going places at one of the nominees for the African Young Player of the Year award. But the winner of the 2017 award was Patson Dakar from Zambia. Uh, Dakar won the Player of the Tournament award at the 2017 Under-20 Africa Cup of Nations, which Zambia hosted and won. He plays his club football in Austria for FC Liefering and a Planet Sport Football Africa's Liam Flint spoke in depth to Dakar on Skype and first asked how things are in Austria. First of all, I would say that uh, it's a great opportunity for me to be here in Austria. It has always been my childhood dream to be in Europe and uh, having given a chance by Red Bull to come here and to be part of them, it's a very great privilege for me and an honor. I feel great and uh, excited because they have given me this opportunity and uh, I just feel at home, everything is going well with me, everyone here is friendly with me, very encouraging, loving and kind. I don't feel like uh, I'm out of place, so I think it's not an easy thing that you go to a foreign country and you find people like the ones I've found here. They make life easy for me to live here in a foreign country. I remember the time when I, I just came here. There's uh, another Ghanaian player, Gideon Mensa. When I came for trials here, he told me like uh, what they expect from me, what I have to do, what I don't have to do. And uh, as a result of me following what he told me, I found out that that's exactly what they wanted and it helped me for me to stay here. And uh, looking at uh, the number of African players who are here, a great motivation, like I was always telling myself that if these people can come here and stay here and uh, be part of this team, what can stop me? I also had chance to talk to them, uh, to ask them how life is here and they will tell me, they encourage me. They have been helpful for me to be where I am today, you know, which I really appreciate. Now, Patson, let's talk about... Zambia, you've had such a good time already with the under-20s and you've got such a talented 
group of players there around you. Looking to the future, do you think Zambia can become a big nation in African football? Yeah, very much. Uh, I think we're heading in the right direction. Because as of now, I think uh, they have concentrated much on uh, the youth, and of which I'm sure when the, the roots are strong, then the, of course the, the tree is going to be strong. We have got great talent in Zambia, more especially with the youth, and we had a, a process whereby we lack just maybe I should say consistent with players who find when the current uh, team has maybe some of them have retired, some of them have stopped like uh, playing for the nation. It was difficult for other players to find other players who can come in and do those spaces. But I think as that now, looking at uh, the fact that they have started grooming young players, young talent, I think there will be no problem anymore for us who achieve greater things soon enough. Zambia will be known as a great footballing nation. And Patson, away from the pitch, you talk a lot about your Christian faith on your social media especially. Why for you do you need God? Why does anybody need God in their life? God is the creator of the heavens and the earth and uh, he created us, he created we human in, our, uh, in his own image and he told us to come and have dominion over the earth, we have to rule over the earth. Uh, it, uh, well, in, in the scripture it says that uh, let everything that has good breath praise the name of the Lord. So I see no reason of me not praising the name of the Lord. He's the reason why I'm alive today. He's the giver of life. He gave me the life. And uh, the scripture also says that uh, seek first uh, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything shall be added unto you. So if I seek for his righteousness and his kingdom, then everything that I desire, I'll, I'm going to have it. So I think uh, I really need God more than anything. And Patson, do you think your faith makes you a better footballer? Is it anything to do with you on the pitch or is it just for your life off the pitch? I would say that uh, me, like the way I take it, uh, I don't pray to God that uh, maybe because I want to win a game, I want to score, just want, uh, I believe that uh, God has given me the gift of preaching his way through this sport. I'm just like uh, a missionary in soccer boot. Uh, so I have to use the gift that he has given me to make known his way to the world. And because uh, many people are looking at me because of maybe where I am right now, but I want them to know uh, what makes me to be where I am right now, of which I know that uh, God will keep on raising me to greater heights because he wants a lot of people to know about him and uh, I want to use this career that he has given me to encourage people to know more about God because when we, when you are with God, uh, nothing can stand against you. Even in difficult times, in trials, there are a lot of challenges and uh, temptations that we face, we as footballers, even those who are not footballers, but when, we are, when you have God with you in your life, you have the ability, the courage to overcome those uh, 
trials and tribulations that you're going to be facing there. In everything that I, I do, I have a lot of people who are looking up to me, so, they will, so I want them to know why I'm here, who has made it possible for me to be here, and so they can also know that with God, everything is possible. It doesn't matter where you're coming from, what you've been. All I know is that God holds my future. He's the one who knows my tomorrow. He's the one who knows my next step. So I just have to give him the praise and the glory that he deserves. Talking about his football and his faith, uh, that's Patson Daka from Zambia, the winner of the 2017 African Young Player of the Year Award, speaking there to Planet Sport Football Africa's Liam Flint. Well, finally, on the show for today, let's talk about the English Premier League. And last Sunday's game between Liverpool and Manchester City certainly lived up to expectations. It was an absolute classic with Liverpool beating Man City 4-3 to end City's unbeaten run. Our European football expert Stuart Weir joins us from the UK. Uh, So, Stuart, Man City are not invincible after all. Um, No, I mean, 4-3, but don't think it was a close game. Liverpool scored first, Man City equalised. Liverpool then went 4-1 up and were 4-1 up with six minutes left. Now, Liverpool had been brilliant for the first 85 minutes, but they were awful in the last five. They could have won 6-1. They missed two, three great chances at 4-1 and then conceded two goals in the last few minutes. Inevitably, African Player of the Year, Egyptian Mo Salah, scored for Liverpool, as did Senegal's Sadio Mane. And that was Salah's 18th goal in 22 league games for Liverpool. Money, by the way, has got six. It was a great win for Liverpool, but they're still 15 points behind Manchester City. That means that Manchester City need to lose five of the remaining 15 games, or you know, do something like draw seven of them, before anyone else can catch them. And honestly, I can't see City dropping that number of points, and therefore I can't see anyone catching them. So that's our question on social media this week. Uh, Stuart says no way, but we're asking, can anybody catch Manchester City as their lead is now reduced? Uh, Not much, but reduced anyway to 12 points. And who will be their biggest challenger? Will it be Manchester United, Chelsea or Liverpool? Uh, You can go into our Facebook page and post your comment there. Uh, That's Planet Sport Football Africa. Or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Can anybody catch Manchester City? And who will be their biggest challenger? And uh, Stuart, a desperately disappointing 2-1 defeat for Arsenal, losing away to Bournemouth. And it looks like Arsenal manager Arsene Wenger will again fail to take the Gunners to a top four finish. Yes, I mean, Arsenal were leading 1-0 and seemingly in control of the game at Bournemouth, who then scored two goals in four minutes to win the game. Arsene Wenger, who of course was watching the game from the stand as he's still serving his touchline ban for criticising referees, said, we were 1-0 up, suddenly we lost two goals and we don't know how it came about. It's very frustrating. We have to make an objective and harsh assessment. He then honestly admitted, we made mistakes that you cannot afford at this level and we simply didn't create enough chances. But Arsenal are now sixth and eight points behind 
Chelsea, who occupy fourth place and the final Champions League spot. And remember that Arsenal went out of the FA Cup last week, beaten by Nottingham Forest of the Championship. The only good news they've had recently was they drew nil-nil with Chelsea in the first leg of the League Cup semi-final last week. But Arsenal look in disarray. There has been also a lot of criticism of Arsenal's big money signing Alexandre Lacazette, who scored 100 goals in 200 appearances for Lyon in France, but who has not scored in his last eight games this season. And Olivier Giroud, who scored double figures for Arsenal in each of the last five seasons, has only had one starting game this season. And, you know, we talked about Liverpool's great win, and Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain scored a cracking goal for them, and he, of course, left Arsenal in August because Arsene Wenger wasn't picking him. Now, I'd just like to comment also on Alex Awobi, the 21-year-old Nigerian who has been in the Arsenal team Ten times he started this season. Uh, He'd been at Arsenal for five years. But I just wonder if he needs to contribute more. Now, his statistics before the Bournemouth game were that he'd had 24 shots on goal this season, but only scored once. And actually, Wenger, recently commenting on him, said he's the kind of player who needs to score 10 goals and get 6 to 10 assists in a season. Well, so far, he's got one goal and one assist. But watching Arsenal at the moment, it's really difficult to see how they can make the top four, let alone challenge for the title, with the players they've got. I mean, if you actually look at the 11 players who started for Arsenal and ask yourself how many of those would get in the Spurs, Man City, Man U, Liverpool, Chelsea teams, and I suppose you might say Wilshire, but I can't think of anyone else, Arsenal are simply in disarray at the moment. Yes, another disappointing season for Gunners fans. And what else caught your eye, Stuart? Well, the bottom of the table is as tight as ever, with Everton in ninth place, but only seven points ahead of Stoke City, who are 18th. Swansea drew at Newcastle, with Gunners Jordan Ayew scoring. That was his fourth of the season. Wilfred Bonney from Ivory Coast came off the bench for Swansea. And that was an excellent performance by Swansea. But with West Brom winning under their new manager, Alan Pardew, it means that Swansea now find themselves actually bottom of the table. And Swansea's next games, after an FA Cup tie, are against Liverpool and Arsenal. So no easy points coming up there. Crystal Palace moved further up the table, beating Burnley 1-0, with their French-born Mali international Bakary Seko scoring. So, things going well for Palace under Roy Hudson. A little bit of trivia for you, Steve. Saido Berahino has not scored for West Brom or Stoke City in the last 38 hours he's been on the pitch. During the same period, Harry Kane at Tottenham has scored 81 goals. Um, This weekend we saw an interesting statistic that there were two Premier League games which attracted crowds of over 70,000. That was Tottenham Everton at Wembley and Manchester United Stoke at Old Trafford. Finally, um, Alex Ferguson had been known to criticise the odd referee in his time. Well, his son, Darren Ferguson, the manager of Doncaster Rovers, has got himself in a bit of trouble 
Expressing his frustration about the standard of refereeing, he said, What shall we do with them? Shoot them. That would be a good idea. Uh, Ferguson later apologised, saying, I don't advocate violence against officials. Yes, I'm sure he didn't really mean it. Well, thanks very much to Stuart Weir in the UK. A couple of other stories well worth mentioning. Uh, Nigeria's Kelechi Iheanacho became the first player to score a goal awarded by a video assistant referee in English football as Leicester beat Fleetwood in an FA Cup third-round replay on Tuesday night. Iheanacho's second goal of the game was initially disallowed for offside, but the referee Jonathan Moss liaised with the video official who said Iheanacho was onside and the goal was awarded 67 seconds after it went into the back of the net. And powerful DR Congo striker Cedric Bakambu has turned down a move from Villarreal in Spain to the English Premier League, choosing instead to go to China to join Super League club Beijing Guan in a record-breaking deal worth around $90 million. 26-year-old Bakambu has agreed a long-term contract worth around $425,000 a week, despite interest from English clubs Tottenham, Newcastle, West Brom and West Ham. When it becomes official, Bakambu's move will make him the most expensive African player of all time, ahead of Liverpool's Mohamed Salah. Well, that's it for the show for this week. So from me, Steve Vickers in Harare, and from Stuart Weir in the UK, thanks a lot for listening, and Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.